Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Typically when people sin, they, what do they do? They close the door, hoping nobody's there. Guess what? God's there. But we do that, right? Or, you know, drug deals. Like, hey, come over here. Come back here. Let's hide behind this wall over here. Come here. Right? We, when we sin, it's all it's hidden. Let's go be... Hey, is anybody here? And then you, you, you hide. You know, usually you don't see, you know, things are going right in the daylight. You know, things that it happens sometimes, but mostly you hide. There'll be no more sin, guys. Everything's transparent. Is that going to be just awesome or what? We'll have nothing to hide. A transparent city. This is going to be, listen, it's, it's believed that this place will be the worship center of the universe now. The new heaven, new earth, this city is going to be the worship center. And this, I don't know, we can't even describe all these different colors from all these different precious stones, but all I know for sure, it'll be all transparent, and it's a reminder for application for us. We, when we're forgiven, God takes away sin, and he, he wants us to be transparent with him. He wants, listen, he wants you to be real before him. Why? He knows everything. We looked at that in Psalm 139. He knows our sitting down, our rising up. He knows our thoughts before we think. He knows our words before we speak them. Do you know God? You know God he knows every thought that's in our, our mind. Remember when Jesus was on the earth, it says he, he knowing their thoughts. Is that crazy? And it can, listen, it can be scary if you have bad thoughts. And that's why the Bible tells us that we're to put every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, we can't help bad thoughts coming into our mind. And I, I pray you understand that as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to have sometimes bad thoughts coming towards your, your thoughts, you, but we're to hold it captive. In other words, if it's a bad thought and you're like, uh, you're, you know, let's, for example, you know, thinking bad about another person, like, oh, I can't believe they said that. And oh, I can't believe and you're getting all upset. It's like, no, no, hold that thought into captivity. and don't, don't ponder on that. The other night, I had an opportunity to, to share with a, a young man in his 20s. And he had some great questions, theological questions, awesome questions, smart young man, real smart. And he had great theological questions. And I was, I love that stuff. And he's like, well, what about this? And I said, well, I won't give you my opinion. This is what the Bible says. So this young man, though, this, these thoughts, but what I enjoyed with the conversation, he was real. He was raw. He wasn't like putting on this old, he was like, you know what, this is me. This is, what, no, this is what I think. What do you think? And it's like, this is what the Bible says. Well, this is what I think. Well, okay, but this is what the Bible says. But he was being real. The Bible tells us, as believers even, all of us, in Isaiah, it says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. In other words, hang out with him. Be real. You're gonna, if you're studying the word of God, you'll be challenged with the word of God. In other words, there's going to be verses that are come to you, and you'll read it, and you're like, and it can even beat you up, like, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm not saved. Oh, look at this. I thought I was saved this whole time, but wow, look at this verse. I'm just, I'm doomed for all eternity. It's like, no, 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 hold on. We, 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 we interpret scripture with scripture and to make sure we understand what it means. But, but be real before God. There's some people that just walk away and say, oh, I can't do this Christian stuff. No, no, but ask God, help me, show me, teach me, God. Amen. But that transparency, it's, it's so important. I love what we're told in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. It says, and there is no creature hidden from, can we say that together? His sight. But all things are what? Naked and open to the eyes of him to whom he must give an account. He sees everything. 
Don't be phony. Don't try to put on some fake thing. You know, this is why I do. Don't, don't make excuses for sin. Repent of it. Agree with him. Amen. But also as we talk about transparency, I, I believe it's, it's good that we're transparent with one another. In other words, when you do something that hurts somebody else and go to that brother, that's what the Bible teaches us, and confess it. Say, you know what, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I had such a bad day today, and please forgive me. And they might not even forgive you. They might say, oh, I can't believe you. You call yourself a Christian, and I never want to talk to you again. I say, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm really sorry. But the, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Be transparent. And just sometimes you've got to get in there. Sometimes you've got to go. And listen, typically when somebody hurts another person in the church, typically that other person doesn't know anything about it. Do you know that? The person that hurts you. you typically, they don't know. And so you got to be transparent. Say, you know what? You said something to me that really bothered me. And uh, I didn't want to go to you with this, but I've been kind of ignoring you. I haven't been talking to you. Matter of fact, I really don't like you anymore. <laughs> and I know that's not good. <laughs> you, you, what you're going to do is you're going to set, set a captive free. That's going to be you. Seriously, I've had people come to me, you know, like 10 years later, and they say, Pastor, you said something that made me really upset. It's like, when? Well, it was about 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, what did I say? And I'm trying to think, oh, I hope I remember what I said. And they'll say, well, you said this and that. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I kind of, re- yeah, I remember that. But this is what I meant. That's why I said it that way. And they're like, bro, no way. <laughs> I thought you meant this and you were mad at me and you were telling me. And I was like, no, that's not what I meant at all. And they're like, give me a hug, bro. And, like, and this happened to me. And I'm like, we should have did this 10 years ago, but cool, we're good, you know? And I'm like, you walked with this all this time? You let this bother you for 10 years? Be transparent. As we talk about transparency, also it's good that we, that we keep in the light with things, that we, we have people we can trust in, if you will. And I mean, we just trust in the Lord. All sin is against him. But it's good that we confess things, and like I was just talking about, and have accountability with people. That's a good thing. You see, listen, Satan himself, the devil, wants to divide people in the church. Why? Because it's a powerful thing when brethren dwell together in unity. Beware. Watch out. When it comes to accountability, make sure you can trust that person that you're being accountable to. I remember Pastor Chuck Smith telling a story regarding this and about three pastors. They used to, local pastors, different denominations, they would meet together. And as they would meet together, finally, one of the pastors, you know, during the prayer time just said, hey, guys, I got to confess something to you guys. He says, I got a drinking problem. I even get drunk. He says, I, I really need prayer for that. He says, I've not told a soul about this. And, it's, and it, it means a lot to me that you guys would pray. And they're like, okay, we'll pray. And the other pastor was like, well, since you're so vulnerable, I've got an anger problem. And it, sometimes it gets out of control. And I really need prayer for that. And I, sometimes I just rage. And there's no way. So we'll pray. The other pastor says, I need to tell you something. I have a problem with gossiping. I can't wait to get out of here and tell everybody what you guys are going through. <laughs> so be careful who you're, who you're accountable to. Seriously. I know it's, 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 it's a story. It's make-believe. But, but it's a good illustration. Sometimes you have to be careful, too, who you're being accountable to. Amen. James tells us, before we go into the next verse, James, tell us, confess your trespasses to who? One another. One another. That's, that means they're your faults. And again, if somebody's bothered you, hurt you, you've done something wrong, and God's convicting you of the Holy Spirit, you know, confess that to one another. And do what? Pray for one another. You know how powerful prayer is? Have you ever had that in your Christian walk? You go to someone and say, hey, you know what? That really bothered me. And you start talking to them, and they're like, well, let's pray. And you pray, and then it's gone. 
is you're praying for one another. Why? Listen to this. We are on the same team, guys. Remember that. We're on the same team. My wife and I don't argue very much, but there's a few times that she's done wrong. No, no, I'm just joking. That's, no, no, no. That was a joke. A few times we've, you know, we've had our disagreements and all. And literally, at times that she'll have to tell me or I'll tell her if it gets heated or something, we're like, we're on the same side. And something about that helps. It's like, no, no, because it's almost like you're, you think, you know, you're the enemy. It's like, no, 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 we're on the same side. Let's remember that. We're all on the same side. Pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. There's healing that comes, that's involved with that. And then the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. So prayer is powerful. We are righteous because of Jesus Christ. Be reminded of that. So transparency in this city. What else do we see in this wonderful city? There's 12 gates. We're 12, can we say that together? Pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the streets, as we already talked about, they're pure gold, like glass. A pearl. Isn't it funny how they talk about, you know, they'll say the pearly gates, right? And that's, I think this is where they get it, but it's not really pearly gates, it's a pearl gate. It's one huge pearl. Most of you probably already know this, but a, a, a pearl is created by a shellfish, mostly oysters, when a foreign object is inside of its shell, and it might be a piece of, of another piece of sand, correct, or another piece of shell that's in there, and it's, and it's, it's irritating, and so they're created in such a way, they have a, a system that protects that. So it puts a coating around it and a coating, a coating. That way that object can stay in there without irritating it. So a pearl's an example of something beautiful coming out of suffering. And I believe that this, the pearl gates will be an example of the, the beauty that came out of Christ. He suffered for our sins. He died for our sins. And the beauty of that, that his suffering brought love, his love towards us and the beauty of salvation. Amen. Another thing I think about is when Jesus said in Matthew 13, 45, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven, which we're talking about, is like a merchant seeking beautiful, can we say that together? Pearls, that's plural. Who, when he found one pearl, singular, of great price, interesting, one pearl on the gate. When he found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and purchased it or bought it. This is a parable, and I believe this parable speaks of us. He gave everything. He gave his best. God the Father sacrificed his son to purchase us. He took everything he had and put it all on us, on our salvation. He purchased us because we're precious to him. And I believe as we walk through those beautiful pearl gates day after day, as we see it for all eternity, it'll be reminded of his love for us that he allowed, and he and Christ himself died for our sins to purchase each one of us. Another thing before we get into the next verse, I just read here what I wrote. It says, the pearl is the answer to the oyster's suffering like heaven is the answer to this world's suffering because there'll be no more suffering in this place. But let's look at the last two verses. But I saw no temple in it. The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb is its, can we say that together? It's its temple. A temple on the earth is a place where the Jewish people would meet with God. The Holy of Holies, God would show up. His 
glory, his Shekinah glory would come down. It was just a piece of his glory. It wasn't his fullness of his glory. He, so he would a place for meeting. It was a temporary place for the Jewish people to meet with God. Now we're called the temple of the Holy Spirit. But now when we get to this new place, we'll have a glorified body. We, we don't need a building to, to hold a little bit of his glory. We're, we're gonna be in his, the fullness of his glory. There's no need for a temple anymore. We'll, we'll be hanging out with Jesus. We'll be hanging out with the Father. Their thrones will be there. So, so there's no need of a temple. That's simple. But the city had no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it. So there's going to be no more moon, no more sun. I just saw a video the other day. It says that the, the sun can last like X amount of billion. These are Christian scientists are saying this, that the sun is equipped. It's giving off gases, so it's, it's decreasing in, in energy. But it, there's enough energy in that sun to last for like billions and billions of years, so we don't have to worry. But guess what? The sun and the moon, they're just temporary. They're just little spotlights that God put into the universe. And we look at it as like, wow, the huge sun. And what are we going to do without this huge sun? Well, we're going to be in the presence of the one that created that huge sun. That just said, light be and light was. The Bible says our body can't handle uh, his presence. We'll, we'll just be consumed because he's so powerful. But yet, in our glorified bodies, we're going to be in the fullness of his light, hanging out in all of his glory. I can't even, I'm sure we can't even put into words what, what that'll be like. I don't know, but we know that. His presence will be there. The light of his presence will be there. In the Bible, darkness represents evil, sin, death, anti-God, the devil. Light, on the other hand, represents, it's a picture of, if you will, goodness, truth, purity, clarity, holiness, the removal of darkness, the removal of sin. It illuminates our steps. It gives us direction. Light is, in the scriptures, it's powerful. And if you follow Jesus Christ, you, you become a child of light and he dispels. He removes darkness from us. He removes sin from us. My sister prayed with me to receive Christ some, what, 1995, so you do the math. She literally, when she prayed, she took my hand, I prayed. She literally said, darkness came out of me. And I believe it because I was in a dark world. But when I prayed, what? Light came in. The light of God's Holy Spirit. Psh, darkness was gone. I went from darkness into, you did also, if you've accepted Christ, you went from darkness to, you, you, into his marvelous light, but yet we're just experiencing just a, just a glimpse of his light right now. But light is powerful. The power of his light. It's funny, the, Bob Wallstein's here. We, he put, <laughs> we put lights in the parking lot. We were, we were noticing that parking lot was a little too dark, you know, and you could fall and trip. Darkness is, is not good, right? So we put light. It's beautiful. It's illuminated out there. And it's uh, funny. I was at, uh, at Ralph's Market, and Howard works there. And I purchased my groceries, and Howard looks at me and says, Joe, I, we just, I just got one complaint about the church. I go, what is that? And I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. And he says, we need, we need more light in the parking lot. And I said, well, here, here's a video. Look at it. We, we, we just did it. He goes, that's an answer to my prayer. <laughs> but you think darkness, you're falling, you stumble. If it's dark, you'll run into things. You'll trip over things. But, but this place will be totally illuminated. It'll be totally clear. There's no more darkness. We'll never experience darkness ever again. No night. Listen, you won't have to sleep. I love to sleep. But I love, listen, I love to sleep because I get rejuvenated by the sleep. We don't even need that. We won't need to go to sleep to be rejuvenated. It's like, we're going to always be rejuvenated. And then we're going to look at here coming up soon, if we need a little more uh, to be rejuvenated, we're going to have these trees that are be like power bars that we're going to eat. The, the leaves, yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm getting ahead of myself here. 
the power of God's light. Most of you know that I've been, I haven't been riding my scooter too much that I have because the flat tire, but I, yesterday I went out on my scooter again, which was a lot of fun. It gets me a lot of prayer. People tell me all the time, Pastor, I'm praying for you. You're going too fast on that scooter, and we're praying for it. It's like, thank you for your prayers. So I was out by the water, and it's, this time it was great. I just decided I'm just going to go, and, and it's going to be a devotional time before my, putting my study together. So I went out, and, and it was just sweet. Me and the Lord just riding up by the water. The sun's there. It was just really awesome. And as I was riding, there's these three young kids. I call them young, like 16 to 21. And they're on those low, did you ever see those low rider bikes that you could pedal? And, but there was an incline there and they couldn't get up the incline. And there was, one was a two-seater and they were like yelling and screaming, trying to get up. And then the girl, she had a single one and she just, she finally just got out and she started pushing. And I hear my, on my scooter, I just, one little finger, it goes fast as I was, And they're just struggling. I'm thinking, that's how Christians are a lot of times. They're just like, you know, just trying to make it through this walk. It's like, Oh, I just got to do this life. And, but they're, they're not relying on the light of God's glory and the power of his spirit to live this life that God's called us to live. I mean, literally, I was wanting to just, because, you know, I've got so much power on this little screw, just a little throttle, just this, and it just, just goes really fast and all. And I was thinking, you know, I could just literally just go like this and push him right up. No problem. And then I was, as I was riding, there was this gentleman who was jogging or running, and he's huffing and puffing, and he's like, and he's like sweat just falling all over him. And he's just like, and I, I literally thought he was going to have a heart attack. He was like, and, you could, and I was like far away from him. I could still hear him going. And he's like, and I, almost, I, was, I was praying for him. Like, I want to say, maybe you should take something else up instead of jogging. It's, this is really hard on you. And guys, as we talk about the power of God's light in our life, working, the power, the light of his glory, the light of his spirit, dispelling darkness, taking away evil, taking away sin, sin and evil can weigh us down. We go to the cross. We become child, the children of light, and his light fills us. And the Bible tells us that let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works. They would see that you're different than they are, and they'll glorify who? your Father who's in heaven. We need him in our lives. We need the power of his spirit because otherwise we'll be like those, those people that were out there just trying to do life. Like, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a Christian. Oh yeah, I'm a, this, is, this, this, is the, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you're not relying on the power that's available to you. I love what Paul the Apostle tells us, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Now listen to this carefully. I'm sure you, you may know this already. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not... As, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So Paul's saying to the church in Philippi, he's saying, you know what? I'm not around you right now. I'm not there to help you and to instruct you, to tell you things to do. So I want you to do this. Work out your own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Some people look at this and say, oh, I got I to gotta work out my, I got to get saved with, with fear and trembling. It's like, oh, no, you're not saved with fear and trembling. You're saved by grace through faith. But Paul's saying, I'm, I, I can't be there to instruct you. So cultivate that relationship with God with fear and reverence to him and let him speak to you. And then it gets better, as you know. It says, for it is God who does what? Works what? In you. Both to do what? To will and to do. It's him working in us. 
both to will and to do, the power of his spirit working in our lives to do what he wants to accomplish for his good pleasure. He wants you to, to have him do it in you as you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, trembling, reverencing him, realizing how great he is, realize that you're a child of light, coming to him, allowing him to take the darkness away that you can shine and he'll do it for you. Just like my little scooter, just a little finger, as fast as I want to go. The power of God's spirit working in your life, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave lives inside of us as believers. And it's God who works in you both to will and to do. He'll do it if you yield to him and you yield to his will and you resist the devil and you will be tempted every day. Each one of us will be tempted every single day. The devil knows your weakness. Turn from it, turn to him. Guys, there's a great work that... God wants to accomplish, and the labors are few. What does it say? Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he might raise up laborers into his harvest field. In other words, so many people, listen, please, don't, I don't want to lose you here. So many people are not being used by God. Why? Because they're not relying on his power. They're not turning away from this world. They're not turning away from the ways of their flesh. They're still occupied in the things of the past. Lord, help us. Amen. In a practical sense. What can we do to be salt and light? How can we, well, pray and ask the Lord to lead you by his spirit. And it's a powerful thing when you're led by the spirit of God, amen? Jeff and Veronica, they're a big part of our church. They were here in first service. Jeff came to me and asked, he said, Pastor Joe, I have a question. He says, you know, we park over there on the street on Edgewater. And he said, it's a mess over there. And there's a lot of debris and people, you know, it's really bad. Do you mind if Veronica and I go over there and clean it up over there? And he said, that'd be great. So that'd be wonderful. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So they went over there and a lady went out there to meet him and it was very sweet, was very thankful. And then she wrote this on Nextdoor app. This was so funny because this came to us in a text. Somebody texted us and said, somebody wrote about you guys in Nextdoor app. And this was like late at night. I don't know, like 10 o'clock at night. We're ready to go to bed. And I was like, oh, I don't want to read what somebody wrote right now. <laughs> like, and then I'm thinking... Do you ever do that with, you don't open it up, you're like, I'm not going to read this right now. So I'm thinking, you know, because my brain, I'm just thinking the worst. You know, I'm like, I don't know what they're going to say about us. And someone in the neighborhood just, oh, no, I'm thinking, I can't go to bed with that. I'm thinking, I won't be able to sleep unless I read it. So I opened it up, and this is a lady that lives right over here. Her name's Marty. She wrote on the app. She said, I was thrilled and grateful to the couple from, listen to this, the new Calvary Chapel Bay Club. That's us. That's so sweet. We might have to change our name. For their, listen to this, this is awesome though. For their amazing gift to the families who live and walk on Edgewater by the marina parking lot, they unselfishly cleanse the whole area unasked by their own decision to make it look better and safer. I've called the city in times past regarding the unsightly and dangerous conditions only to fall on deaf ears. We pay taxes for what? Our roads are a mess, our sidewalks are dangerous, and who cares? I was so grateful to this lovely couple, I immediately went and thanked them, giving them water and pastries. I didn't know about the pastry thing, but this is good. <laughs> Too bad we have almost lost this ability to help our neighbors and friends. Long before COVID, we started drifting away from caring and kindness. God bless you both for your amazing gift to our neighborhood. Welcome. is that awesome? And then she put this out there, a little card for them out on the, that says, thank you, Calvary Chapel, 
who cleansed all this up. Bless you. Welcome. All who live and walk here, thank you. Guys, that's being a light. That's being salt. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. And you get these thoughts. You're like, well, is this of God? Well, do it. If it if it's, doesn't violate the Bible and God's prompted you, do those things that God's called you to do. Why? Because light is powerful. When you're salt and light in a community, it's powerful. Amen? So as we close, everlasting light, God's everlasting light. This city will be filled with God's fullness, his light. Until then, let us continue to walk in his wonderful light, allowing the power of his light to work here on this earth. And let us be salt and light of the earth. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., and 1230 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.